What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Good morning, traders. Welcome and welcome investors to Pre-Market Prep, the morning show to get you guys started. Let's go ahead, dive into today's topics. We're going to get into, of course, the Fed Outlook FOMC meeting today. We'll watch, of course, some earnings to hit Google. We'll talk Microsoft, Boeing, Shopify, Chipotle. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, we also got our special guest, Ragni Horner, Managing Director of Future Simple, uh, Simpler Trading. Guys, smash the thumbs on up and welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring on the guys, Joel Alconnen, Dennis Dick, and of course, the Joel Alconnen charts. Oh, man. Whew. Well, uh, we'll just give you the bottom line here. Uh, we're up 30 and three quarters handles at 39.54. We were strong after hours, snuck our head over Tuesday's high, and now just peeling back a bit. Uh, crude, that's up 90 cents at 95.89. Gold. Well, it's in the green. We'll see how long that lasts. Up 70 cents. It's 17.3640. Uh, got some lower highs to clear. Silver, that's up 14 and a half cents at 18.68. Bitcoin on the rebound. That's up $310 at $21,225. And uh, Ethereum, it's going the same way. Up 6.5%, up $89 at $1,454. So I'm going to bring you a triple D trader and I'm going to ask a question. So, all these years that I've been following and learning about the markets, I thought when a company misses earnings, for the most part, you should sell them and go down. Did, did I miss something in all my years of trading and investing, Dennis? Is there something I'm missing today? This is the miss-miss rally day. And I, we talked about this potential. The only way this earnings season was going to go okay was if they started buying companies on bad earnings. I just didn't think that they turn around and just start ripping them on bad earnings right away. I mean, we saw with Micron three and a half weeks ago. We saw it with Wells Fargo. It was trading down pre-market on a miss mess, and then it just started rallying. So we've slowly seen them starting to come. Obviously, it's not on the smaller stocks, but on the bigger names, we've seen that buy the dip mentality come in, even on misses. And Mitch here... Um, we've got a couple of misses, obviously, from two of the big dogs, the biggest ones the reporting, biggest dogs but the stocks are higher. Mitch, how'd Google and Microsoft do? Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in. First one I got is Microsoft. We'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, Dennis, if you can do me a favor, check your mic yeah, settings. I think it's on the on the computer mic or some other mic than the headset. Just I check it come back really quickly. 
All right, uh, let's dive into Microsoft's earnings here. EPS missing and sales missing. EPS missing here, $2.23. Estimate was at $2.30. Sales were at $519 billion, $51.9 billion, missing the $52.47 billion estimate. Intelligent cloud segment revenue was at $20.9 billion, up 20% year over year. Xbox revenue was down 6% year over year. Uh, Microsoft confirmed it's still on track to expect double-digit growth in sales and operating income in fiscal 2023 with margins roughly flat. This is what started getting Microsoft pushing towards the upside. This was during the earnings call. And I did get a, a kind of a note here um, that was mentioned from Wedbush analysts. You guys know him. You guys might know him. Dan Ives, uh, he said that Street was hoping for a whisper of 40% Azuri growth in September quarter, and Microsoft gave 43% with positive comments on demand. Check one, two, check one, two. Much I better. think I just Much switched mics. Wholly yes, different. <laughs> Microsoft was down ahead of the conference call. So they did this last, I feel like they Mitch, did. did they do this last yes. quarter? Yes, yes. Where they were down on the numbers or was one way on the numbers and then they had the conference call and the stock went the other way. I can't remember. Maybe it was uh, that was up and then the conference call happened and then it went down. No, like, it was the same thing. It was thing. the same thing? Yep. And, and props, you know, we get, we diss Jim Cramer sometimes. We give him credit sometimes. Last night he tweeted out and I'm telling you, man, um, that was a good tweet. When the stock was trading down about four bucks, Microsoft, he tweeted out, he says, I think Microsoft and Google are both going to be okay tomorrow, meaning he thought that they were going to go higher. Not even five minutes later, the conference call starts Microsoft, and they and obviously said the stuff just Mitch said, and the stock started ripping. So, you know, we got Jim Cramer, good call last night on that. Um, unbelievably, the miss-miss rally here, and then maybe we should just tie Google into the same report here, Mitch, because they kind of are doing the same thing. The Goog headline numbers were not good either, but yeah, it's like them. expectations are so low, stock near a 52-week low, that if you just say anything okay, the, the stocks rally. So what was the deal with uh, Google? How'd they do? All right. Alphabet here coming in with a Q2 EPS of $1.21, missing the $1.31 estimate. Sales were at $69.98 billion, missing the $70.35 billion estimate. Uh, Alphabet CFO says foreign exchange impact could be greater in the current quarter. Uh, confirmed Q2 double-digit revenue growth. YouTube segment revenue was at $7.34 billion, up 4.8% year-over-year. Google network revenue was at $8.26 billion, up 8.7% year-over-year. Google cloud revenue, $6.28 billion in the second quarter, up 35.6%. Uh, year over year. Um, and I think that was the one that kind of got this turned around a little bit when you looked into the cloud revenue, which is a lot of the focus also for uh, Microsoft, right, with Azuri. Well, here you guys see 35.6% up year over year. That might help out. I'm long both. I'm long Google. I'm not long Microsoft. I'm long this stock in my long-term account. I don't know what to say here. I mean, this is what we needed to happen. We talked about this earnings season and saying, hey, the earnings we knew were not going to be that great. What we needed to see was um, if the stocks get hit on their bad earnings that they'd actually turn around and start to buy them. But what I didn't anticipate was that they would actually just start <laughs> buying them right off the hop on the bad earnings. So, I mean, this is incredible reaction. It makes you start to think like, 
you know, yesterday I'm nervous about these reports. I hedged my Apple position. I'm looking, I'm like, man, if they're going to start buying these stocks on bad reports. I mean, and obviously it's not all stocks because we saw Snap and we were going to talk Shopify this morning too, which is trading down. But I'd say so far, so good here for, you know, the the, bot, the people who believe the bottom's in place. Bottom? I don't know. I is there a okay. what, what's your thoughts, Mitch? What's your Bottom. thoughts overall here? I think this is setting up as good as a bull trap as there can be. There's going to be some <laughs> optimism out there. Well, you know what? You, you could be right, too. I mean, here we are. They're like, okay, you just got to buy stocks no matter what. Because even if they're bad, they're good. But <laughs> and then but, maybe they pull a rug out but from one under thing, us. One thing that is happening here, and you can see that on the spy, is that we're hanging out at the top of the range. We haven't just washed down back to the bottom of the range. You can see that on the daily. And so we could just hang out here. There's no reason why we can't close we the got day a Fed near 400. Today too. We got a Fed yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a lot on the there's a lot that can swing. Let's just put it this way. If this was any other chart or any other company, like take the Goog off there, okay? It, okay? You would look at this and you would be like palms out. Like you're like they missed. Is a company with this kind of chart gonna turn around on an earnings miss? I mean, okay, go ahead. Show me this. This is a horrible looking chart. It's a horrible looking on the dailies. It's a horrible looking on the monthlies. Okay. And you're getting a pop up. report, to be honest. What? (laughs) Even the fundamental numbers, the horrible looking report, too. So go ahead. Go ahead and buy it. Now, I don't have as good technical setup in in, uh, Google as I do Microsoft here, but I will say you snuck over 111, that euphoria off the number, and now you backed off. I'll I'll see what happens at, uh, at your two day high at one ten fifty eight. I see someone looking for one fifteen today. I say let's get to one thirteen eighteen first. So that you know, there's my technical setups. You don't want to see it go red, I, and right now it, it doesn't look like it's going to be go red. But if it goes red, it's dead. I mean, it's taken out the low of the move. The Fed might have something to do with that. The much better technical setup here is with Microsoft Mm -hmm. and you got a roadblock here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We almost went to 270, uh, you know, the uh, after hours, I don't know who almost bought that up to 270, but what happens at 265 now? That's still over five and a half dollars away. That was a triple top. I don't even think we get there today. In the yeah, I don't think session. so either. I think you could say the high and the low is probably in <laughs> if you consider the pre-market after hours action there. It just got stupid, Mitch, last night. I'm watching the trading, and I'm like, they started ripping that thing. They were ripping Microsoft so hard that the queues couldn't keep up, and then they started hammering the ETF effects, right? After hours, they started hammering non-tech QQQ components or the, or the lower beta tech components like for example starbucks last night started getting hammered on the microsoft report because the queues weren't keeping up so you can't keep the queues don't keep up it all has to add up so they knocked starbucks down like 60 70 cents last night on the microsoft numbers they knocked cisco down a dollar and a half last night now juniper was reported so a little bit of that could have been with that but they knocked cisco down a dollar and a half on the microsoft rally they knocked intel down because it couldn't keep up. They were like grabbing whatever lower beta QQQ names to make the math add up last night. 
there was literally like WBA, which is a QQQ component. You know, I saw Marriott get offered. Activision Blizzard, which obviously with Microsoft trading higher, you'd think it should trade higher. But they were knocking that down last night, too. It was uh, very, um, you know, imp- such, a, such a violent rally that the ETF effects had actually knocked down the other stocks. And people won't believe that. But you could see it. Like when I have the scanner going, you can clearly see it's an algo because they offer them all at the same time. All these stocks just come in. Boom, they're all offered. And then it pulls out. And then boom, they're all offered again. You can see the algo that's trading the non, uh, basically the, the lower beta and the non-tech components of the QQQ. I've talked about those ETF effects before. Um, you know, And obviously, we're not going to get into 8.15 in the morning and explaining all that in detail but for the most <laughs> part it all has for to that, add Dennis. up what's that <laughs> i'll need another coffee for that oh yeah you'll need another coffee if i get into the details on that but that's just showing you how violent the microsoft rally was last night and then it started to come off and then they actually started to buy the starbucks and the cisco and the intel and the activision blizzard back but yeah. it's uh it was a violent rally coming off here now and that was just a vicious short squeeze because people probably short that last night on those numbers then the conference call comes out and they and they get the buck kicked yeah the question i think we'll all be asking is it it's a trap it's a trap is it a trap or not you know we'll have to keep watch Uh, arnold (laughs) it's not arnold (laughs) i knew that was gonna happen return of the jedi admiral Oh. Isn't it? How, how do you say his okay. name? Uh, I'm not going to go there. Dennis. You, you can <laughs> Arnold, Star Wars. When the Death Star. Dennis, are you a Marvel? Are you, did you go see Thor? Did you go see Thor? Because uh, Dana was going to go see that Thor. Oh, that I, I I caught a little bit of that, Joel. You don't want to go see that. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible, man. Admiral Akbar. I tried a little bit of uh, that uh, that Stranger Things things, and uh, it's oh, no, a, no, it, no, it's no. appropriately named. Uh, it's strange, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that uh, so there's your setups. I mean, um, it's all about the cloud, though, right? I mean, that's what I think. You just keep watching the cloud, at least for Microsoft and Google, and I think that's what you're kind of focusing on. If you saw the comment there from Wedbush analyst Dan Ives, he's also saying the same thing. Everybody was watching the Zuri growth for Microsoft, and then you see it here with uh, Google Cloud Revenue. And I think that's that's the focus for these business. What's going to drive them forward is going to be cloud businesses, right? It's not going to be like the infrastructure anymore. It's more what can they do online and kind of improve their margins there. Um, Another thing stated, Google confirmed that double-digit revenue growth. And so at least the outlook going forward still looks good for these companies. I will state that. I know that I'm sounding a little bearish, but at the same time, at least these two companies, they missed, but their businesses don't seem to worry like we got in what? Let's go quickly to the Shopify. It's completely a different story, right? This is how quickly stories can change. Let's talk about Shopify here and what they got in their earnings. Let me scroll down here. Let me pull them up here. Adjusted EPS here at a loss of three cents, missing the three cent estimate. Sales at 1.29 billion, missing the 1.71 billion estimate. Shopify says now it expects 2022 to will end up different. More than uh, more of a transition year in which e-commerce has largely reset to the pre-COVID trend line and is now pressured by persistent high inflation. 
I mean, it's taking out the lows, at least in the pre-market. <laughs> what I will say is it needs to get back up and hold this whole $30 level. And you know what? We're in this buy-the-dip mentality here. So I'm not going to short it and saying, okay, this is going to pull the Snapchat because this is the kind of day they get the miss-miss. And, you know, who knows? It could rally. You're still kind of at support. So it's not like it's trading 27 and it's straight through it. It's right there. So we could get back up there over 30. You'd still be holding that support yeah. level. I would say that's the critical level, but it's got to do it, and it's got to do it in a hurry. It needs to get up there at 9.30, hold the $30. We'll probably flush out the stops. I mean, there's no sense coming this far and not hit a few stops. Maybe it takes her down to 29. But get back up over 30, and then you'd have the old Gil Morales undercut and rally trick. So there's the potential for that to set up. Uh, but, you know, if you're just buying a 29 and it doesn't get back up over 30, then it just might be an undercut and a continued undercut. So, you know, and you never play the undercut and rally until you actually get the rally. Uh, someone's making a stand at 29. They're just, they just want to bring in everything they can at 29 after we uh, just traded over 40 just a couple days ago. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm just going to go fundamentals here. And the management of this company scares me. I, I, I would just, the things that are coming out of their mouth, what happened yesterday, you know, and then they come out and do this today. I have, zero faith in the management. I, and so when you have zero faith in the management, you get this kind of price action. I'm hands off. I'm not buying this at 29. I'm not buying it at 28. I'm not buying it at 25. I'm not buying it at 20. There's absolutely until there's some kind of regime change. We're not going to have another pandemic. This was a just, a, a, it had its, it had its day. I just the, the it's management. The valuation. Me, it's not. Yeah, even it's still, still it's what's the simple, valuation on it's it. It's too expensive. The stock is just too expensive. Um, and the question is, like, I mean, it's not like it's Google, Microsoft. It's a smaller name. It's widely owned just because it had such a big name. But it's still a smaller name in the big picture. Um, if you've looked at Snapchat earnings, it's been the gap and the gap down and continued to go down. Upstart was the same thing gap down their report tried to rally for a few days and is now making new lows as well so there's going to be it's not like they're going to come in and buy everything but with that being said i'm cautious today because you know we go in the next report which we'll talk in a second we're seeing another miss miss rally so i'm cautious selling short anything in the hole today <laughs> maybe it's yeah. just a today event my, my big question is will this kind of play is this giving us a little forward look to amazon and will they kind of mention more how it's been a reset for the pre-covid trend line like was stated here by shopify um that'd be my concern there if they see a slowdown also it bring up well, the amazon chart to your point yeah. Mitch. it was trading higher a little bit higher than it was now and then shopify reported and it did get hit a little bit on that shopify you can see the pink bar when shopify reported there and up, obviously we we're up over 118 this morning so we have come off on the shopify report i mean amazon's you know a, you know for, for way bigger, big picture but... yeah like like shopify will definitely be impacted by amazon how much amazon's impacted by shopify is probably not nearly as much but amazon is due to report so some people will be like okay well shopify you know saying the stuff maybe we should be cautious with the amazon it got hit about a buck on the shopify report big difference between amazon and shopify for sure i mean yeah i mean but you know much you know much uh more diversified company with the with the cloud services and everything so i wouldn't uh you know i would favor the amazon over the shopify just based on that amazon got hit yesterday walmart everything got hit yesterday on walmart how quickly we forget about walmart you know that like okay 
it's just it's gone whatever yeah we're, 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 it's, the market's it's, trying to forget about it right away yeah yeah look at that today and today we held and, the lows in walmart too though we're going off a little bit here we held the lows in walmart 117 118 we kissed on 120 and we bounced and a lot of the other plays the sympathy plays bounced Moved. to target they, yep costco they came in i mean they, they were down more than they were on the pre-market target was a tink trade like 147 or 148 151 so you did see a little bit of the buy the dip mentality come in there too and this is what's happened it's a little bit of a different market right now it's a little bit of a different feel there's fomo showing up in buy the dip mentality here so whether that continues or not is still to be determined we got the fed gonna talk obviously but i would just say you can see that there is some fomo out there and some people think the bottom is in i kind of am one of them but at the same time i'm cautious Let's go to another miss and a miss, and the stock is up. Wouldn't you know it? Boeing here. Uh, let's go to Boeing. Um, Boeing here, the core EPS at a loss of $0.37, cent, missing the a loss expectation of $0.16, cents. and the sales were at $16.68 billion, missing the $17.55 billion estimate. Boeing did report positive operating cash flow, and it's actually up today. What do you guys feel about Boeing now? This didn't even hesitate. I mean, on the initial numbers, it's like the algos are yeah, like all over. Rad. Like, we got a miss. We better buy it. It's like they've been reprogrammed <laughs> here because this thing never even looked down. I mean, you get the headline numbers coming out. And you're like thinking the out the news algo, at least they'll be wrong on this one. But the news algo being smart about it, miss, miss. And they Bye. just started buying and they haven't looked back. Uh, let's see. I mean, I think there's one stock that I probably Your internet get... connection, I think, is a little bit choppy, Joel. Yeah, it's choppy a today a little bit. But... Yeah, it just started. It just started. So Really? What is it, Comcast? Yeah. You yeah. let me know you, if it's you Rogers. You make fun of my Rogers. You let you know, me know. I'm ready to Comcast. short that thing. Uh, we, we short Comcast. So it... And Rogers reported today, too. But <laughs> Comcast and Rogers. Okay. Didn't they uh, fire their strategy guy? I, I think so, yeah. The they fired somebody. Somebody I keep got getting fired. apology letters from them. They send an apology letter like every other day. Yeah. Yeah, Apparently, they're supposed to, to give us like five days of credit on our next bill. <laughs> that makes up for my one last trading day, I'm sure. Uh, well, you got you got room, I guess, to, a gap fill here. First things first, let's take out that pre-market high, 63.88. And uh, if that's... Boy, that's four, almost four bucks away. So make sure you take out that pre-market high. If that's not good enough for you, you got a gap fill at 166.85. Uh, top of yesterday's range. Uh, if you're looking now, that's a way. Oh, you could get there. 158.18 was uh, the top of yesterday's range. I don't, frankly, understand this stock. I mean, the airlines are not doing it good. They double the EPS uh uh, loss, they miss on revenues. Uh, I don't think people are buying bigger planes. They don't even have pilots to get the planes in the air. So been wrong on this one, not been in it, staying away from it. Definitely not buying it up four and a half bucks at uh, 160. It's hard to chase stocks on bad earnings. I know. It's one thing like, oh, this is a good earnings report. Oh, this could actually, you know, surprise. But most of these earnings are not good. I'm like, I don't have a playbook for this. You know, 22 if, years, I don't have a playbook for them buying stock. I, I have the playbook for them coming in after the fact and buying the gap down on bad earnings. I don't have the playbook for them buying the stocks initially on the good earnings. This is like a new one here. Like, boom, algo, miss, miss, algo, buy. Like, it, holy, this is a new if playbook. If this market here. holds up today, 
uh, when, you know, the remainder of the shirt looks good now, right? We're up 35 handles. If this market holds up today, holds up through the Fed meeting, then I'm going to track down every analyst that's calling for new all-time highs by the end of the year. And I'm, we're just going to have them. We're going to have them on every day. That's what, that's what we're going to do. This if, could, if, they if, could if, actually end up being right here. Craig Johnson yeah. could be right again. Yeah. If this happened, I don't think there's any way, no how, but you never say never. I, so, to me, a, a day like this. Wait, but, yeah. but still, the Mitch rug pull is a serious concern here as well. You know, Mitch is saying this is a the bull trap of I, bull traps. I actually think we could be green today and then get the rug pull. So uh, just be careful. I, yeah. I'll wait till the Fed. Maybe we go out. back up and test 4,000 again. Yeah. That's what I think. I yeah. think we go up there and test because what happens there? It questions the bulls and the bears there if it comes back. Because some bulls got really weak-handed on that first down move, and they probably sold out. So I think it tests – I always think that the market likes to pressure both sides a lot of the times when it's going to do a swing, either bullish swing or bear swing. It's going to test the bulls and the bears. In my eyes, we test the bulls again, and we pressure the bears because everybody's – you know, going to get pressured on the shorts once you get back up to that 400. It's it's a great point, too, here, because you got both sides. You got a very mixed market right now. Some people think the bottom's in. Some people think we're going a hell of a lot lower. So just shake out everyone. Chop them all up. Shake them all up. I mean, so that's yeah. why fading the moves is still working on both sides. Why the buy the dip is working. Sell the rip is also working. Chasing has not been working. So I'm not chasing and selling short the stocks that are gapping down i'm not buying the stocks gapping up i'm going to stick with the fade trade the fade trade continues to work in 2022 and even with this happening the fade trade is probably still your best play i don't know if i'm coming necessarily in short microsoft but just fading overall market moves has been working non-stop in 2022 yeah it's a tough market out there let's go ahead let's continue going to some earnings let's go to a beat what? I said it, right? Oh, it's probably oh, a, beat, down. a real beat. I'm sure it's down. What's that? <laughs> All right. We're going to ENPH Enphase Energy here. Uh, they actually beat. Take a look at that, guys. Uh, Q2, Q2 EPS here, a dollar and seven cents, beating the 84 cent estimate. Sales at 530.2 million, beating the 504. 0.5 million estimate and phase now sees Q3 revenue at 590 million to 630 million on the high side. The estimate was 548 million. So raising that off the bottom line, almost 40 over 40 mil there need him maintained a buy on end phase and raise price target to 275. This was one that was on my radar. I thought it was setting up there on the daily and look at Enphase go. We've been talking about the solar stocks, and they're the stocks that are sitting up there not too far from the highs. And, and especially it's cyclical. A couple of it's big actually guns. cyclical and seasonal during this time to see solar stocks run. I've mentioned that before. I've talked about it with uh, uh, SPWR, SunPower. And so I'm looking, I'm going to be watching this, these solar names now. And if you want the pairs trade, so ENPH, S-E-D-G is the mm. one that I pair up with ENPH. They're the two nice. big guns. It used to be First Solar. I didn't um, know that one. Not so anymore. It's the two leaders in this industry right now are ENPH and S-E-D-G. Um, could First Solar get back on the map? It could. You're going to see all the solar stocks rise this morning. TAN is trading up 3.28%. 
this is actually a beat on good numbers here too. So, which is, you know, different from what we were just talking about. Yeah. So, and these stocks actually have been trying to perform, especially ENPH. I mean, what are we? We're, we're you talk about this bear market we're in, not really for ENPH. It's 282. So we're still 40 bucks off the all-time high, but we have come significantly off the lows. Again, no, this stock, surprisingly, Joel, ENPH like bottomed 30. in January. So, I mean, where everything else bottomed in May or June, this yeah, one hit good. its lows back in January at 113, and we've quietly doubled since then. So, we had the bear market in uh, end phase in these solar stocks a little bit earlier. Dennis, what, uh, what, uh, it's pretty wide in that right now, right? It's Always uh, somewhat wide, but tell, it's, tell me, tell me what it is. That's actually not bad. 50 cents wide, two, 238.52 to 239. You can get out of this. Okay. Okay. 500 because, shares up, five up. Okay. Um, oh, four or five. There, there, there's a relentless bidder in here. Okay. And he's been starting since the number came out and 235. I'm just looking at that right now. I know that's three and a half bucks away. I don't know if it's one person, it's short or two people or three people, but this thing is just got a relentless bid. If it turns, I mean, I think this thing could could drop 10 12 bucks in a heartbeat but i'm i'm gonna go with there's the trend. gonna be a lot of error in this too but yeah. it is on good earnings it is justified yep. when you come in you see the september cent you see that earnings report you're like okay i get it you know some of these other stocks that are trading up five six percent on bad reports i'm like i don't get it so you know that makes me a little more cautious to fade a name like this but it's a thinner issue One hundred eighteen thousand shares have already traded though so it is trading. that's that's a decent amount I wonder if there was a big block or something in there because I haven't seen that kind of stock going by. I wonder if there was a block and a yeah. block or something. But um, it's a lot I'm of like twenty five shares. Two forty, just over the pre market high. I'm, you know, if if two forty was your target, two forty ninety nine was your pre market high. So I think you know, I look at, I would just look at two forty. If you know, if you if you love this thing and you think this is just like the greatest report and this thing, you want to see it go two forty off the bid. You know, mm -hmm. off the open, you want to see it just chop through 245 and then make a run at 250. So if you want an ultimate target today, I will give you the monthly high at 255.09. And the only reason I'm just thinking is watch out for there. the fives, because the first time it went up to 235, it stopped. And then it went up to 240 and it's kind of paused. So someone's willing to sell a chunk every every five dollars. So. That's what I'd be looking at in this one. Uh, great move. Congratulations if you own it. If you have targets in the 240s, uh, take a good hard look at them. Yeah, I like that relationship that Dennis was mentioning. Uh, one that I'll be watching just because it had a good week like two weeks ago is JKS, Jinko Solar. So that's going to be on my radar towards the bell, especially with, with a good report. What's wrong in with EMPH. Like never, I never trade that one. That I don't know what it is. What's in it? I've Let's lost so much on Tan. We're going under the hood. Yeah, go under the hood here. Uh, I just, you got EMPH, SEDG. You got right? uh, First Solar. You got you have, Where are you getting that from, Mitch? Well, is I got the pro? No, I got TC2000, bro. Oh, the TC2000. Look, I'll show Break you. Break it up. Does it have the percentages? So, no, it doesn't have the percentages. That's the only thing it doesn't have. Uh, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But it does have the active tickers that are in there. So you got EMPH, SEDG, okay. Yeah, that's solar. 20%. Those two stocks are 20% of it. Sure. Yeah. Run, um, AY. Uh, DQ, uh, got you, got AKS, there, you got AKS, you got Yeah, well, I, that's what I'm thinking. Sunpower, uh, Array is one of those dogs. Oh, man, that's... Sunpower is one of those dogs. I've lost on that one, too. You got some smaller names, too, like Soul, um, Rena Soul. That one's been kind of not moving at all. I'm just going sideways while the rest of these are coming back up. So one that I'll be watching also is Sunpower. Valuation is an issue here still. I mean, MPH is not a cheap stock. So it was a cheap stock at one time. If you go back to where it was trading, when I think, who was the activist that like dissed this thing at like 60 bucks or something like that? There was, there was somebody that was coming in that one of those short reports. Remember like 2021? Do you remember it, Joel? Maybe it was 2020 even. Oh, it was SEDG. Oh, that was SEDG they did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that came was, that down. Was a that was a buying ago. opportunity there too. Oh yeah, yep, yep. And that was clean energy, clean energy, yeah. right? If, yeah. if you're looking at a play for long term, right? I mean, uh, this is the the thought out there, and you keep hearing more and more mentions how we want to go away from, uh, fossil you know, reliance fuels. fossil fuels. I mean, this is something to keep in mind as an investment. Of course, there's trading moments on these stocks. They love to trend, but they also trend down too when they turn around. So just yeah. be careful out there. Um, usually if I see technology down big, I look at the industries and I'll see solar usually on polar opposites. Either it's up big or down big. So just be careful out there. Solar opposites or polar opposites? Uh, oh, I like uh, that. I uh, see. Uh, I see. Uh. I see what you did there, Joel. We All right, let's talk there, one. La- oh, well, actually, it's eight thirty-five. Let's let's we'll we'll save some, uh, PayPal and Kathy talk for after. Let's dive into our interview today. Let's take off end phase. Let's bring on Ragney Horner, managing director of futures at Simpler Trading. I know the chat's gonna go wild, so let's go ahead and welcome Ragney on. Hey, how are you all doing? Good morning. Great to see you. Good morning. Great to have you on again. Yeah. um, Just, uh, you know, we kind of just been scratching our heads this morning on the uh, on the earnings misses before we go into the dollar and the Fed and stuff. And uh, 
this is uh could turn out to be like the most bullish day in the history of the world, right? My, Microsoft and Google uh, miss the two big dogs, two of the top three components in the index, and they miss, and everything's okay. Are, are we in La La Land here, or what? What's your take? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to follow the fundamentals, but sometimes they don't always tell the uh, the whole story. Yeah, fundamentals, funny mentals. I I don't mock <laughs> the the interest in earnings, but when we look at the economy, I've always looked at there's there's one pillar, there's one voice, and until I get the S and P target from Jerome Powell, everything is what are they going to do next? And when you take a look and measure uh, what they're going to do next, it looks more and more like we're coming off that three and a half to three and three quarter percent target rate probability come. November, December, we're coming down to three to three and a quarter or three and a quarter to three and a half. So we're expecting one, at least one quarter point less a hike. So as much as we're still in a tightening cycle, we're more than halfway there and expectations for the continuation of hikes, say it to one point at 4%, those are gone. Those Fed fund uh, rates are really telling us that the Federal Reserve could be done by November, December uh-huh. at a quarter point less. So that that would explain uh, you know, like the move in the TLT, and I mean, are, are you a believer? I mean, I guess we'll get it with the uh, well, we got CPI data coming out in uh, the middle of next month. I mean, I was saying this ahead of the uh, of the um, of the last print. I mean, I'm just looking at these commodities, and if you just if you just put on you know the you know the your in focus i mean your commodities have come in right your corn has come in yeah natural gas got a little pop so the fed's doing their job everyone that's uh you know uh blaming uh you know powell and his policies and stuff it, it kind of looks like it it's actually working i agree with you my friend when i take a look at commodities or i take a look at agribusiness like the moo etf Definitely the worst seems to be behind us. You know, I just remember one thing that one of my mentors told me when I was a very young trader, optimists make money. It's easy to be a pessimist. It sounds kind of cool to always be down on the market and sort of a perma bear, but optimists make money. So I'm not being Pollyanna and I'm not trying to tell your listeners because they're far more educated than the average bear, clearly. So I'm not trying to tell everybody, hey, it's just time to blindly buy. But let's measure where, for example, M2 money supply is. Everything I try to do is going to be based on some sort of rate of change of data. Otherwise, we sit around and anecdotally point out to things that we've observed without any real way to track it. M2 money supply has a cause and effect to CPI. So as we print less, I mean, that's that's the, all this techno babble in trading. M2 money supply, it's dropping. CPI will follow suit. The Federal Reserve knows this, right? This this data comes right from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It comes right from the grand poobahs, the Federal Reserve themselves. So we're definitely looking at PCE having peaked. CPI was sort of not ready to peak, but it is now. And then with M2 heading lower, that cause and effect is set. And if the Federal Reserve still sees that inflation is their arch nemesis, that's starting to recede. And that's where, and and by the way, I'm never talking about the world of the real. When we're talking about the markets, we're talking about this little, who needs the metaverse? We have the markets. They exist in their own little bubble of reality. So when people say, Rog, my grocery bill, my gas bill, I agree. But we're talking about the Fed's reality. And we're talking about macroeconomic reality, which might as well be on Pluto. 
the way that it feels, but that is what we have to track. I mean, that's a great point. And sometimes the markets and the real economy are just disconnected. I mean, maybe more often than we'd like to think. I mean, we like to think that the markets are looking ahead six months all the time and the markets know everything, but the market is made up of information. And some of that information is still just a guess. So, I mean, um, I've always been of the opinion that the markets are not efficient, that, you know, there is opportunity to extract alpha because the markets are not efficient. And I mean, maybe the markets aren't as smart as we think they are. Preach. They're as smart as we are. I love True. what you just said. I And I hope everyone, gosh, when you're watching this on replay, rewind that and listen to that nine times. They're only as smart as we are. I love that. Love what you said there. So what do we do here now? I mean, we're in this situation where everybody was, you know, is saying, and they're still seeing on CNBC, recession is coming. You're not going to be able to navigate a soft landing. Um, there's a lot of bears out there. There's some people that are, are starting to turn bullish, but you know, we've had a significant rally off the lows, you know, um, what do we do here now? Where, where, how's Raggy Horner coming in and playing this market at this moment in time? Sure. I'm going to talk in time frames because time frames dictate Excellent. our time horizon. So Excellent. if I'm looking at the daily, we, we were heading lower, let's say on the S and P we're starting to embrace a whole lot more chop throughout 2022. So yes, we're still heading lower, but it's choppy lower. It seems that we're looking at perhaps, you know, if I'm looking at the, what was it? The 17th of June, whatever that low was around 3640 or whatever that area on the September contract, if that's going to be the worst of it, I'm not saying we cannot hit a slightly lower low, but if that's going to be the worst of it, if we're not going to reorganize into a downtrend, which as long as those target rate probabilities show we have a certainty around where the Federal Reserve is going to take us, I don't believe earnings are anything more than a trading event. I don't ever see that a good or bad earnings season has changed the trajectory of the broader markets on a daily or even a weekly time frame. On the weekly time frame, which would map to more of my position trading or longer term portfolio, we're still above the 200 moving average, the exponential moving average, we're still weak, but choppy. And a lot of those weekly charts say XLK. So if I can find those weekly timeframes that are still north of the equator, that 200 EMA, I can't say this market is, is tripping down into, I know bearish territory can be more of a percentage conversation. For me, it's a really simple one. Am I above or below that 200? And it's uncanny how well that usually works. Now, granted, the dailies are still below the 200 in most cases. But again, I think the lower lows are done. And I don't say I think, who cares what I think and who cares what I feel? The data seems to map to the worst of it being over. And as far as recession, frankly, that's something that happens on television. That's something that economists are going to get paraded across uh, financial television to do. And we don't, we're watching Benzinga, not TV for a really good reason. We don't want talking points and panic and hyperbole. We want actual ideas that keep us opportunistic and optimistic. And that's what I love with what you all are doing. So as far as I'm concerned, the worst of it's over. Let them talk about recession. I've never given a rip about recession. It doesn't change what I do. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. We're on the line with Raggy Horner. She's the managing director of Futures is Simpler Trading, giving us her insights on the market. Uh, the other thing that I found it, uh, is a positive in the market is the vol's coming down. The average daily ranges are coming down. And when we had the wicked declines that we had in, in May and June, 
I, you know, I wasn't like trying to pick a bottom. I just wanted the market to calm down. And uh, now I just, uh, when I, when I looked for, uh, for targets today, uh, after being up over a hundred handles, 120 handles, we're down to 73.5 now. And we're not, and you know, maybe we'll get there today, but you talk about the choppiness. I mean, even this, this inner day stuff, I mean, yeah, like yesterday was a good day, you know, to play some shorts, but like there was plenty like 10 and 15 handle rallies that, you know, you're like, okay, I'm just going to hold this to the close. We're going to low print. So uh, talk about the, you know, the volatility come down and uh, do you think that uh, that's going to continue? Cause I think that's a positive for the market. That's a great observation. And you know, that most traders look at price and price only. Maybe they're looking at the factor of time. Maybe they're adding in volume at a price-based level. And then volatility ends up being something that nobody even acknowledges other than, when the markets explode. And you're right, I completely agree. When we have volatility to the downside or to the upside, there's a panic. There is a, we discounted this environment incorrectly. So there's that very violent adjustment to the new reality. Seeing things get quiet, I think could be two things. One, it's summer. Uh, two, we're going into the FOMC. And you know, I think it's a combination of, we acknowledge and accept what it seems a path to the rate hikes are. And there's just not as much to be freaking out about. You know, Microsoft missing or Google missing or those kinds of things. Um, I think we were already pretty pessimistic. So the fact that maybe they didn't miss as bad uh, and they, they missed the whisper numbers by quite a bit. They did not miss uh, Wall Street numbers by quite as much. So we were already sort of calibrated to sort of the worst. And I always come back to trading is more sociology and psychology. It's less economics. I don't care about recessions. I think I want to think more about like what you're measuring understanding volatility, because that's, you know, definitely what's going on in terms of people finally calming down. And I think starting to look to the upside of we've got the worst behind us. All right. Now, uh, I was mentioned in the chat and I'll kind of piggyback off of that. Uh, the question was, do you see any correlation with the Qs and Bitcoin? And if you're kind of optimistic about the outlook in the overall market, Great are question. you starting to get optimistic about the Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin. When I first got into Bitcoin, the idea was it's a bet against central banks. And I still believe that to be true. The more that we see irresponsible printing, we see irresponsible prolonged periods of time at, at very low rates. Bitcoin was a bet against central bankers. And I still approach Bitcoin in terms of as a trader and investor in that regard. Are central banks going to get irresponsible again? If you play out the Fed fund futures to July of next year, just 12 months from now, there is a very slight, I do mean very slight, but there's a slight expectation for rates to come back down. Oh, so I, I think so, Roggy. I just want to I'd like to interrupt you there too, and then no, we'll no, continue on the correlation. But I completely, uh, I think that's a possibility, a distinct possibility. I think the oh. Fed's overall plan is to lower rates, get inflation to come into reasonable number or, or to raise rates, get inflation to come in reasonable numbers, and then start cutting the rates because they know they can't keep the rates up this long. The world is built on debt. The world is literally built on, you know, it, it's not like people are, you know, owning their houses anymore. There's, you know, a lot of mortgages. There's a lot of pain to come. If rates stay up for the foreseeable future, continue to climb from here, there's going to be a lot of problems in the real economy. And I think the Fed knows that too. So I think the Fed's overall plan, let's get them up really quickly, which is why they jacked them really quickly. Let's attack inflation, get it down, 
and then we can bring them back down just as quickly. I think that's the overall plan. They have to. And, you know, I there's a there's a book. It's a little dry, but it's good. It's called The Holy Grail of Macroeconomics, and it studies uh, the Japan economy and the central bank policy that got them to where they are. Uh, let's face it. That's what modern monetary policy, modern monetary theory has taken us. Can we monetize the debt? Can we keep rates low and not? Well, to your point, I think you nailed it. So the point is, yes, we have to hike in order to cut. We have to put some something forward so we can take it back. And, and I think that's the cycle we're in. And again, I don't want to look at it from this is what I think or this is what I feel as this, as if my lower intestines are making my trading decisions. What does the data map out to? And if M2 printing falling, CPI will follow next July. We're already seeing a very slight probability for going back down to three to three and a quarter percent, which would be coming off of three and a quarter to three and a half or three and a quarter, three and a half to three and three quarters. So it's, it's starting to bake into the cake a little bit of a, I won't say uh, accommodative monetary policy, but to your point, they're going to start to cut as soon as they're done. I mean, it could be as early as next summer, which oh, is mind boggling. So back to Bitcoin, Bitcoin has always been my bet against the FOMC chuckleheads. Right. It, it, that's what C and chuckle. That's what C stands for in FOMC, for those of you huh. that didn't know. So if the chuckleheads are going to continue and I mean, globally, if globally, the yeah, chuckleheads are going to continue to be us. irresponsible. Exactly. Exactly. Every single G7, G8 central bank went into printing low rates, prolonged period of time. And they're all going to have to hike because they're all going to have to cut. So that's where Bitcoin will always be a staple. Always be a staple. It's a play. It has nothing to do with gold. Not playing risk appetite, risk aversion. It's a bet against central banks. And uh, what about, you know, if they just uh, like, yeah, well, two, two and a half percent inflation target. Uh, we're just joking. Uh, three, three and a half is okay for, you know, that, 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 that just resets the whole continuum then, right? For, for the future course of interest rates. The more that I think we look for reality, in this economy, like I said, I'm not even joking when I say they're measuring the economy on Pluto. The idea that what they should do and what is real is what factors into their decision making. I think that's what, what hurts a lot of traders and investors. People say, well, Rock, how can they bring down inflation with just, you know, three and a quarter or three, why is it three, four, I believe is what the Fed fund futures are factoring. How can that even put a, a dent in inflation? It doesn't actually matter. It's whatever they say they're going to do. They get to have this reality distortion field. That's what they've always had. And, and as long as that's the reality that they're going to believe, then that's the reality that we are going to have to trade. So I guess that's my approach. You know, not what they should do, not what they could do. What are they doing and what is their picture of the economy? So what's your favorite book back there? Are those market books? Are those fiction, <laughs> nonfiction? I, 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 I read about three to five books a week. It's how I decompress. Um, I'll even read between trades. I call it a productive distraction. I've been getting back into um, this one. This one's called uh, The One Thing. I've been getting back into that because I think traders tend to have a, a buckshot mentality. We tend to try to do a lot at once. And I find that when I start to focus, I do a whole lot better. So I'm getting back into the one thing. That one's a great one. Uh, but yeah, I love to I love to read. It just keeps me from over trading. 
Okay. All right. All right. Let's go ahead. We'll wrap on up. Thank you for coming on, Raggy Horner. I appreciate you like always and love the insight today. Keeping it optimism is uh, definitely going to keep you probably into the money in the long run. We all know the long-term trend of the markets and it doesn't point to the downside. So appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you three. Thank you so much. I'll see you all soon. Realism too. I mean, optimism, realism, looking at the markets. All right. I'll give you realism. Realism is Shopify. Bring it up. Did it go green? Oh. Yep. That's impressive. So we're talking about right before Raggy started, and that support was still somewhat holding. And this is the kind of market today that they're buying stocks on bad earnings. So <laughs> impressive. Just rallied basically 8 9% in the Raggy Horner interview. So obviously they must have said something on this conference call. Uh, but you can see the turnaround here, and they're finding reasons. It's a silver lining market right now, and they're finding reasons to buy stocks even on disappointing reports. They're just looking for a reason. So it's caution right now to all the bears out there. Could be a bull trap. You know, we don't know where we're going. I still think fading moves overall is still prudent here. But, man, that Shopify just held those lows again. Someone made a stand at 29. I mean, they were there. They're like, they made me. some money, Joel. Hit me. I know. The 29 guy who got by or girl who kept yeah. buying there or, or machine is they, now up almost almost 10% on their purchases. They heard wow. my bear, they, they heard my bearish rant and they're like, let's go 29.50 bid for the float. Let's go 30 <laughs> bid for the float. And you know what? Uh, also, people that are were short the thing, I mean, what better kind of two days in a row you get bad news on it. So even if it's not new longs come into the market, this thing traded over 40 bucks last week. You're getting it at all in the 20 handle. I mean, what what more can, after a Drop from what 175? I don't know which uh, 176 29 is the all time high. And uh, the spoos are coming right back up to the highs of the session. Yeah. We're up 37 handles. There is a relentless bid in there. Pre market high 68.50. The only, uh, I'll give you Monday's close was 39.70. But uh, it just could be one of those days, man. You just take out, you know, that, that pre market high and boom. You're gone. Take a look at four thousand, and then you got Jerry later on. So I'll you know, tell you, I'll tell you what, what it could be in Shopify here. Uh, just to kind of mention it, it'll throw into our next topic here. Kathy yeah. Woods buying the dip on Shopify, adding one point seven six million to her ETFs. So who knows? Maybe Kathy got the buying program on. Maybe she today. was the one that was sitting down there at twenty nine. You think Kathy was that buyer? That's what I think, Dennis. That's what Loading I think. Up. Kathy's big man. You know, longer term support. Up. She She's saw like, a break through there that 30. Don't let it go through 29. I'm a nonstop bit at 29. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> about for tomorrow, but she was buying yesterday. Well, that we right? know she bought yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's well, saying, saying right maybe now that maybe that 29 buyer was <laughs> yeah. Kathy Wood. That could have been. I mean, it I cut you through that 30 support, you know, she probably placed a, a nice bid there. I wasn't watching the price action, so I don't know if there was some big, and we won't know probably till after. But also, Kathy uh, didn't only stop. Maybe she used one of her losers selling yeah. off. Uh, Kathy Wood dumped uh, some Coinbase. Um, so Not who knows? some. Oh, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, 75 million worth. <laughs> What about uh, she's realizing that loss on Coinbase, which I was realizing. Remember, I talked about it last week at 70 when I had the little rally, and I was like, 
I You're a smart man, Dennis. You're a smart man for getting and, the hell out. Well, I'm not as smart because I got killed on this thing. Hey. I'm lucky it was a half hey. size position, hey. which quickly hey. became a quarter size and down to a, a minuscule position. But um, using the last rally to get out, I mean, was prudent. And obviously, Kathy was just done. And I mean, okay, you got the SEC investigation now. You've got a lot of stuff going on here with Coinbase. So I think there's just better places for your money. And I'm cautious on that one going forward. Hey, Craig, so to, I think Kathy's being smart to cut that loser, to be honest. Craig, Craig to us uh, uh, a tip here. Uh, didn't want to go $5 resistance, but went four ninety nine. Thank you. Uh, oh, nice. Snap. What do you think? I mean, Sean talked about it the other day. Holding the low of the move. It's double bottom. I mean, you know you're out. You know, I mean... I wouldn't I'd give it a little bit more than, you know, 963 here, but I like your thinking. It's yeah. it's right now. We are in this day, not even thinking about anything else. Let's just think about what has happened today. By the dip is like everywhere today. Everywhere. It's like FOMO by the dip. I like your way of thinking. If there was ever going to be a turnaround in Snap, it's going to be today. So, and yeah, I'm not only... saying it's been the three day rule, Karen Feinerman's three day rule. So, don't touch the stock after. It's a good rule. I know Grassos is the same rule, too. It's a good rule to follow by. You get the yeah. dip, wait a couple of days for it to shake out, and then, you know, maybe you start, you know, to nibble in to something. I'm not a fan of Snapchat whatsoever, the company. I like your thinking, though. There might be a trade here. Yeah, my biggest thing with Snap is just uh, I would play it maybe in the intraday for the rise, but remember that Meta reports after the close. Oh yeah, so yeah, don't forget about that. Trade. <laughs> don't forget trade. about that one. You know what I mean? Uh, Pure Meta day could... trade, picking it up under ten here, stopping out the low of the moves, stop out of yesterday's yeah, low at nine sixty three, risking yourself twenty five cents to say, hey, is there going to be some institutional money looking for other dips because Snap has dipped pretty hard here, and maybe you could get back to like ten and a half or something. So I'm not saying it's going back to 12 or 13, but could it get up to 10 and a half today on a buy the dip day? Maybe. It depends on if we don't have the rug pull too, which, you know, there's always a potential for a rug pull as well. But right now, I cannot believe the strength in a lot of these companies that reported very disappointing earnings. Yeah, It makes it, me, you know, yesterday I was nervous, very nervous off the Walmart stuff. Yeah. I was nervous enough to actually hedge some. I almost feel like lifting my hedges after seeing this pricing action. We got one more headline to hit. I want to make sure we get to it. Let's talk PayPal. Activists here, Elliott Management, building a stake in the payment company. The size of the stake wasn't immediately known, according to Wall Street Journal report. And you guys are seeing PayPal up now. Um, I'll, I'll throw it to let, let's take a look. I'll just Dennis, make my I, I did, What do you think now? I, I'm just going to make two comments here. Uh, Western Digital is going to 100. Okay. Well, that was Elliot. Yeah. Uh, That's what so, he said. And then, Are yeah, they you break it up. I don't know how these guys know so much more than the company. And uh, <laughs> uh, pins, pin interest. Uh, I love guess, it when you say pin guess, interest, too. <laughs> guess, guess where he revealed his stake last time. Or guess where that news came what, out. When was that? Oh, I'll just put the red arrow there. Boom, right there. That's when it. That's when that. I'm looking at four out. charts. I just don't see a red upper arrow. right chart. It's red the arrow. smallest red arrow I ever saw. Look at that little oh, red yes. arrow. You can't even tell. Bigger red arrows, Joel. Some of us have glasses on here. I can't yeah, even okay. see that red arrow. Okay. I still don't see it. There it is. He's got to point it out. Get okay, that big red arrow. Big red arrow. Boom. I can't. Me, for us I don't know. Can I change there. the circle, man? 
Maybe a circle. Sir, <laughs> maybe a circle. Oh man, <laughs> maybe a arrow. circle. Square. Come on, man! I just learned how to you put, put the arrow in there. Red arrows. You, I put the arrows in the there. Now you're, you're complaining folks. about the size of the arrows. Tomorrow, I mean, Dennis, you don't like technicals. Come size. on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, that's a technical chart. Anyway, you know hey, like uh, we're up against the clock here. Yeah. Do, uh, do you want to make uh, that announcement uh, for our listeners? Let's do uh, it. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. So we're we're doing another event here. Uh, we're gonna do an educational event on, and I should have this. I should have it in front of me. But August eighteenth, twelve to three o'clock. Premarketprep.com. Uh, you can sign up there. Uh, we can put the link in the chat as well. It's an introduction to swing trading. So it's going to be me, Joel, and Rob Friesen. Um, and, and we dug hosting? somebody, and we dug somebody up. And uh, everybody's been asking, "What has he been up to? What has he been up to?" So we dug him up, and um, he's decided to host our event there. Mr. Spencer Israel will be hosting our uh, swing trading event there on August the 18th. So if you're interested, I'll put the link in the chat. Um, you can tweet at me; I can send you the link as well. Uh, but we're doing another educational event. We haven't done one for about six months, so we want to do another one here. Um, same, obviously, Rob, my mentor, Joel, who has been my mentor for years as well, and myself. And then Spencer Israel will be uh, trying to keep us all in line. Yeah, and for, uh, and for all you guys, uh, our special friends out here, PMP10. Um, and also, this one's going to be a little different. because it's uh, PMPP10. Okay. That I too. put an extra P in there. I don't know why. I might have to okay. fix that. Uh, just the other thing that uh, is going to be interesting about it is, uh, you know, you all wonder what uh, Triple D does in the middle of the day. Well, uh, you're going to you're going to get a little sneak preview of some besides uh, the educational material uh, joining uh, tri- Triple D in her day. So I'm looking forward to it. That's August 18th. I got to hop over to pre- is that a Thursday. Club. I think it's a Thursday. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. August 18th, Thursday, middle of the day, 12 to 3. Um. Yeah. So uh, join us there. Links in the chat. Okay. I got a hop. Triple D. I'll check in with you later. All right. Getting uh, Joel on out of here and Dennis. Uh, let's see what happens today. Do we get to that four hundred or not? I think it's in in reach. This, I think this is going to be a very interesting day. I think to your point, if they do pull the rug, that would be the most bearish sign you could possibly get. So you absolutely need to see this market hold these gains. You absolutely need to see Microsoft and Google stay green. Um, otherwise, it was just, you know, love the and there's always a possibility for that bull trap. So you still got to say a little bit of guilty until proven innocent. I hate chasing moves. I hate buying the S&P up 36. But, you know, when you see Shopify getting bought, and it's leaked it back now, too, a little bit. So they ripped it. Must have said something on the call. It's now turned back to the red here again. Um, I, think, I still think caution is still to be. I don't want to go all in on this market. But some signs here are saying you can still nibble on dips. All right, we'll keep watch. Uh, one thing that I'll be watching uh, when the Fed uh, report comes out is the asset sell-off. I think it's more important than even the interest rates. Too many people talk about the interest rates. Not too many people talk about the security sell-off uh, that was supposed to be $30 billion in maturing treasury securities. I'll get you on out of here, Dennis. Um, and then what was supposed to happen beginning September 1st, you're supposed to have those caps raised to $60 billion and 35 billion for the mortgage-backed securities. I think it's very important to keep an eye on on that. If for any reason you see an increase or maybe a decrease there, 
you could get a swing in the markets. That's something that isn't being watched that could be coming that's unexpected. So watch for that. We'll see what happens today. And let's go ahead. Let's get you guys on over to uh, live trading action. We'll get you guys on over to Lord Ryan Zunaid. And we got a special guest interview after 11. We're going to be getting into it with Monkey Pox Stock Saga. So come on over, guys, if you guys want to check a look at the Saga interview. That's going to be at 11.05 a.m. Eastern on the live trading stream, which is coming up just right up in about two minutes here. Let's go. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.